0: This is <laughs> Today's episode of This Podcast is a Ritual is brought to you by Huh? What? And I have no fucking idea. A funny thing happened while I was working on this episode. I had the idea to do something on the topic of not knowing. And since I did not know exactly how to approach the topic, I went to a park to sit by the water, talk to my tape recorder, scribble in my notebook, and, you know, just let the creative juices flow. So there I am, sitting by the Ohio River, feeling the breeze, writing in my notebook, getting in the zone, focusing on the ideas I'm having, and I sort of just get lost in the process. And then, for whatever reason... I take a moment to look up and I realize I'm surrounded by geese, like so many geese, like a whole fricking flock had come ashore and was doing their little peck, peck walk thing across the riverbank, fanned out like a search party, trying to find a missing child. And I was sitting in the middle of them clearly had been for a minute and I did not know it. I had no idea. So there I am writing about what we don't know, and I don't even know I'm sitting in a gaggle of geese. Fascinating. And it reminded me of one of my favorite and probably also most frustrating experiences from when I used to ride the New York subway granting wishes. It was late evening, probably around 9pm. I got in a nearly empty train in my full wizard robes, I taped up the fake MTA sign I had that said, Talk to the wizard. And then I sat down, waiting to have an encounter with whoever fate would bring my way. And as I was settling in, I looked around, and I see there's only one other person on the train. She's sitting a little ways down the car, and she's reading a Harry Potter book. So now I am stoked. This is going to be great. She'll look up, she'll see there's a wizard on the train, And then I just know she's going to be curious and come over and engage. And I mean, how could she not? She's reading a freaking book about wizards. It couldn't be any more perfect. So I sit there. And for the next six stops, she reads her book. Without pausing, without looking around the train, not even once. And then she gets up. She walks right past me and gets off the train without seeing me. Without ever realizing there was a wizard on the train. It was just not in her reality that day. So that's something that I ask myself now. Where are the wizards on my train? What are the things in my world I'm entirely unaware of? And the goal isn't to notice everything, to keep myself forever in some state of hypervigilance, but rather to notice what I don't notice, to be aware of what's outside my awareness, to, in the words of Socrates, know That I know nothing. Isaac Newton was slightly more generous than Socrates when he said, What we know is a drop, what we don't know is an ocean. And I think it's pretty easy these days, as individuals, to feel like a drop that's drowning in an ocean. Simple questions like, What should I eat? lead to endless internet rabbit holes of conflicting dietary advice. Harder questions like, What's going to happen with coronavirus? Who's going to win the election? Is global warming going to wipe out human civilization? Produce much pontification and countless think pieces, but even then, it often feels like the more we read and consume and think about a topic, the more we feel like we still don't know anything at all. Now, this next quote is an excellent example of how beautiful flowers can grow out of the most vile shit piles, because I truly love this quote, and I contemplate it often, even though it came from the mouth of Donald Rumsfeld when he was asked about Iraq's non-existent weapons of mass destruction. Rumsfeld responded, Reports that say that something hasn't happened are always interesting to me, because as we know, there are known knowns. There are things we know we know. We also know there are known unknowns. That is to say, we know there are some things we do not know. But there are also unknown unknowns. The ones we don't know, we don't know. And if one looks throughout the history of our country and other free countries, it is the latter category that tend to be the difficult ones. The unknown unknowns fascinate me. For all of the baffling, startling, uncanny, and beautiful synchronicities we do catch, how many pass us by? How often do we overlook the wizards on our trains, the geese in our midst, the bewildering significance of cosmic forces operating just outside the limits of our own perception. William James said, We may be in the universe as dogs and cats are in our libraries, seeing the books and hearing the conversation, but having no inkling of the meaning of it all. Taken one way, this could feel discouraging. We're doomed to be a dog in the library, Sniffing at book bindings, but having no conception of the rich stories within, unable to magically transport ourselves into the pages to act out the plots in cute little costumes like Wishbone. And when you think about it, being a human being in a library isn't all that much better. A voracious reader who dedicated their life to nothing else could maybe read five to 10,000 books, depending on how many of them were goosebumps. Most libraries have many times that number on their shelves. The Library of Congress has over 39 million books. And a lifetime spent obsessively consuming printed matter kind of misses the point, because meaning isn't something to be consumed, but created through the act of living. Also, to flip William James upside down, did you ever think about all the things a dog or cat might experience in a library? that we have no inkling of? The rich sense of bound paper and homeless internet users. The maze of lofty perches created atop dusty shelves. No matter where you stand in this metaphorical library, no matter what book you're currently reading, you're always bound to be missing something. Which is why I propose we celebrate the essence of this blissful ignorance. The sensation of not knowing. And, Quick caveat before we go further. The sensation I'm describing is metaphysical and abstract by intention. But the pursuit of blissful ignorance is different than willful ignorance. Not knowing is about embracing the void, the blurry lands beyond our defined boundaries. Not ignoring the facts we find inconvenient and would prefer not to know. Burying one's head in the sand when confronted with harsh truths or not bothering to do the work required to be a decent citizen in the modern world, that's not not knowing. That's not caring. There was an American political party in the mid-19th century called the Know-Nothing Party, also called the Native American Party, which is horrifyingly ironic as they were a far-right nativist political party whose core values were anti-Catholic, anti-immigration, and intensely xenophobic. And I bring them up only to press upon you, the key distinction between embracing what you do not know and being intentionally ignorant as a way to maintain and defend your bigotries. Ahem, I do digress. And now I don't know where I left off. Which is exactly the point of not knowing. In the pursuit of knowledge, every day something is added. In the practice of the Tao, every day something is dropped. Not knowing is about flipping the bag inside out. Instead of perceiving yourself to be a drop of hard-won knowledge floating in an ocean of unknown unknowns, it's about becoming the ocean, embracing the unknown, maintaining awareness of our own unawareness, and noticing how little we actually notice. It's not a lesson to be taught and memorized. It's not a goal to be reached but more like a koan to be contemplated, letting the confusion and uncertainty guide you off the path into the wilds beyond. And so to share the sensation of not knowing with you, I'd like to switch gears and do a little not knowing meditation. And because I myself do not know where you are or what you're doing as you listen to this, I feel it's very important to say that I will be asking you to close your eyes and I'll be using language designed to let your mind wander and drift. So it's in everyone's best interest, but especially your own, if you don't listen to this while driving a large automobile, or performing open-heart surgery, or cooking a meal, or doing anything that requires your full attention. Ideally, you should be sitting or lying down someplace comfortable, where your attention is free to wander off as much as it would like. Great. I don't know whether you complied, but assumption is the mother of invention, as no one never said. So let's leave sense behind and begin to slow down. Letting your breath become long and slow and smooth. As each exhalation grows, just a little bit longer than the inhalation that preceded it. And you can begin to imagine what it would be like to be the air being breathed into your lungs now, rather than the lungs breathing that air in nice and slow and deep and out Long and slow and smooth, breathing in and out at your own natural pace while you can remember that it's okay to forget and forget. To remember that your mind is bound to wander sooner than later. That mind will get lost in thought all by itself. So there's no need to try or try not to try. Because if you don't know, how to not know you're already doing it and if you know what you're doing then you know that it starts by wondering what wonderful sensations you can become aware of in your body now It's curious, is it not, that body you call yours and how it operates every day, performing tasks like breathing and moving and digesting and resting without your conscious awareness. But now that you're aware, wherever you think about on that body can begin to feel warm and relaxed. Whether that's the feet, with each little toe feeling warm and relaxed, or it's those hands feeling so comfortable and heavy. The interesting thing is how one is always a little more warm, heavy, relaxed, than the other. And you can start to not know by wondering when... Your awareness will tell you which hand feels more relaxed right now. Which foot feels heavier? And how the awareness of the awareness of your body in time and space is just an assumption and that there's so much more space and time to relax into now that you've noticed the metronome and how that tick-tock sounds just like a clock only slower just like time only slower. And we can all wonder about the speed of time, always rushing by when we're having fun and slowing down when we have to wait. But the feeling of weight in our body also changes over time getting heavier and heavier as our little drop becomes an ocean and a little dot on a big blank page becomes a question mark which opens the door to all the dreams and ideas we know will never know No matter how much we know, knowing we don't know anything at all about all the things we don't even know, we don't know. But unlike an idea that we have to hold on to, we can know the feeling of letting go of not knowing deep down in the core of our being, like a comfortable, heavy, warm, relaxed feeling of wonder and amazement. And how happy must that dog be to be in the library? What a delightful adventure, To be in this new space, with so many people and books, to smell and explore. And what a delight to be a cat, napping in a sunny spot, between infinite shelves of books, And that cat isn't worried about all that it doesn't know because it knows the one thing that truly matters in this world, which is how good it feels here and now to feel that golden light against your skin, that radiant warmth in your body, and to be fully aware of how good you'll feel when you wake back up, and how not knowing exactly when and how this experience will make your tomorrow better just allows you to be surprised and delighted when the next day is even better still. As you explore the world around you, like a dog excitedly sniffing the shelves, like a cat napping in a golden sunbeam, waking up from the dream of being a cat to find yourself something so much more profound than you could have ever imagined, which is a bit like how you'll start to feel Now, as you return to the real world and begin to become more aware of the good feelings in your body and the wizard's voice guiding you all the way back to the world you know and the things you know now, feel better than they did before. Taking a few deep breaths, feeling that energy come back, returning all the way to normal, waking life and remembering that even with all the things I may not know, there's one thing I know very, very much to be true, and that is, I believe in you. Your magic is real. Hey, you know,